This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Good morning and welcome to the show. My name is Jordan Prentice and today I'm filling in for Doug Craig. Later on, we'll catch up with local artist and filmmaker Ovian Castrillo-Hill. She's going to tell us about her latest project after she received a $20,000 TELUS StoryHive grant. Uh, But first, the North Peace SPCA was forced to vacate their building early last year after it was deemed structurally sound. After nearly a year of looking, they finally found a temporary building this past February, and earlier this week, the B.C. government announced that they are giving $1 million to the North Peace branch to help renovate a new permanent building. To talk about what that means, we're joined now by Senior Manager for the Interior North Region of the B.C. SPCA, Jamie Blair. Jamie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having us. Um, great. So let's start with an update on the North Peace SPCA's current situation. Um, how is the new temporary shelter? Yeah, so we, like you mentioned, we were able to secure a lease earlier this year. So right now we've still been going, undergoing the process of uh, retrofitting that building to be operational for our needs, as it's obviously was used for other purposes before that so um, we're in the process of getting that up and going uh, rehiring staff so we have adequate staffing on board to help us and uh, we're also looking to rebuild our volunteer program as well so we're looking for volunteers to help us in the new center okay and um, when when the SPCA realized the old building was no longer safe for use um, what happened to all the animals So we've still been providing services in the community. We haven't left. Uh, We've been able to use local partnerships to house animals uh, when needed. We also have a facility in Dawson Creek, just down the road. So using our um, existing community resources, as well as some of our other centers, we've still been able to maintain uh, some operations over the past year. We're also still providing food bank services to the community. So we've been really lucky to be able to still be a part of Fort St. John over the past year while we've looked for a new house, home. And are there lots of animals um, being housed and fostered outside of the shelter, like large amount? Um, So we are still seeing a fair number of animals coming into our care. So we are regularly getting animals in through municipal services. We do offer housing for the city of Fort St. John for through the bylaw contract, as well as just animals in the community that need our help. So yes, we are still seeing a fair number come through our doors and we're happy to still be able to help those in need. Okay. And how challenging has it been to function during the transition from the old shelter to this temporary one? Yeah, it's definitely uh, posed some challenges. Obviously, we would love to be fully set up and operational in an animal shelter. So there's obviously logistics to housing animals, um, being able to still operate services. So there's definitely been a lot of challenges, but the staff and the volunteers in place have done a wonderful job still making sure that we are meeting the needs of the community. 
That's great. And let's talk about this $1 million investment from the government. It's part of a larger investment for shelters all over BC. How surprising was the announcement of the funding or were you expecting the government to step up here? It was obviously wonderful news. So we don't see regular ongoing government funding for the programs and services that we offer throughout the province. So this announcement um, that they were investing in our facilities is amazing and very welcomed. We're extremely grateful and it's going to go to great use with so many of our aging centers across the province. It's wonderful to be able to update them or create new ones so we can continue to advance and provide excellent care in the communities we serve. Perfect. And how will the money be used in the case of the North Peace? Yeah, so um, it'll be part of the finding a permanent home, essentially, for us in the North Peace location. So right now, like I said, we do have this two-year lease, which has the option to renew another three years after that. But it will be part of determining a permanent home and developing a permanent presence for us in the Fort St. John community. And would you say it's enough to build a new shelter or is finding and renovating a new place the only viable option? We will still need to continue probably to fundraise to meet those additional costs. Obviously, costs for building and construction are going up uh, just across the board. So while it certainly is very helpful and definitely welcome, there will still need to be probably fundraising and other funds raised to be able to um, have a more permanent option for us, which we're still evaluating what that looks like. So, And are you able to kind of provide a timeline on when this next shelter will be in place? Uh, in terms of a permanent home? Yeah. Yeah. Um, right now we don't have a timeline, so it will depend on how we're evaluating the previous SPCA location in North Peace and other options that are being considered. So unfortunately, right now, I don't have a timeline for what that'll look like. No problem, Jamie. Uh, Just one more question for you here. If someone wants to help the North Peace SPCA somehow, donation, fostering, etc., how can they help out? Yeah, we're like I mentioned, we're still really looking to rebuild uh, our volunteers. So we're looking to get more people into the building to help with animal care, um, different things like that. So we'd love to have people join our team there. We're always looking for donations. So that's welcome at any time. We would love to just hear from the members of the community. However, they'd like to help. We'd love to hear from them. Great. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me today, Jamie. And uh, we wish you all the best with finding a new location for the SPCA. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, That's Jamie Blair, the Senior Manager of the BC SPCA's North Interior Region. We'll be right back to talk with local artist and filmmaker Ovian Castrillo-Hill. Welcome back. I am now joined by Ovian Castrillo-Hill. That's how you pronounce it, right? Good morning. Um, She is a local artist and filmmaker who received a $20,000 TELUS Story Hive grant. Mm Obian, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So uh, tell us a bit about yourself um, as an artist, like briefly. You seem to have a lot of artistic interests. 
Uh, yes, I, I guess you can say that I'm, I mean, I'm just a lover of humanities. I mean, I have a background in design. I also am a sculptor and, and I have uh, published a book as well. So, you know, it's funny sometimes because when people ask me, like, what do you do? And I have to think, what am I doing now? You know, because it seems to be like when I have these projects that you know, I get very involved and very, like, I really delve into them. Uh, but yeah, there is a, a variety of things that, that I do. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, so the is it X C two? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So the X C two exhibition just closed at the Peace Gallery North, mm-hmm. and you had your art on display. Yes. There. Um, yeah. The X C two art show of the Filipino Canadian community. Uh, that was our fifth year, like this year was our fifth year. And um, yeah, basically it's an opportunity for people like myself and other uh, new co- Filipino-Canadian newcomers here in town to have a, a venue for us to show our creativity. And yes, uh, uh, every year I, I do have a piece along with many other um, Filipino-Canadian creatives. And But I do curate the show, so I'm quite involved in that project as well. Mm-hmm. Great. And before we talk about the $20,000 Telus Story Hive grant, um, I'm just curious. It says here that this is your third documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to quickly tell me about your other two? Yeah, uh, actually, the Telus Story Hive um, project, they have numerous kinds of grants. Like the first two that I did is under the Voices program. Uh, basically, what they do, uh, those are like um, episodal. Um, grants, a minimum, I think, of six episodes, maximum of about about 10 episodes. And they're really aimed uh, for like um, emerging filmmakers. So when I first applied for this, I just saw an ad on Facebook and I I applied and and I was fortunate to be among those selected for the first one and likewise for the second one. But basically my my goal was to tell stories about the Filipino-Canadian community because, you know, socially I've heard of so many stories that I thought were worth telling and specifically like the history of of how uh, the community has grown from the 1960s even till today um but yeah but this this uh, anniversary edition that um that uh, the, the the recent uh, announcement. Uh, this is a different one because it's part of their documentary edition, and it is their what they're calling their biggest edition because they've selected eighty uh, recipients for this grant between uh, BC and Alberta, um, all with uh, for uh, with the grant of uh, twenty thousand dollars to make a documentary. It's not a series. It's actually just one documentary. Um, so, but then for me, then my expectation, or I think. I'm thinking they're expecting it for me uh, to produce something that is um, a little bit more honed in a way that in the first one, uh, I was really coming in as an emerging um, filmmaker. But now that I have uh, a few episodes under my belt, so I think, um, you know, the the budget may be bigger. So I think the expectation and quality and, uh, you know, it will also be uh, better. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm curious about your process. Like, do you do film, edit, do everything by yourself? Like, how do you how do you map out what a day of filming is going to look like for you? Um, well, in the beginning, when I first got into the first voices, because largely because the budget was a bit constrained, um, I did end up having to do things on my own. It was like a one woman, uh, the kind of deal wherein I, I wrote the script um, and I, I arranged the interviews. I, you know, I, I took um, uh, the film. I mean, I filmed everything and ended up learning how to edit. Um, so, but I mean, I'm really happy that I, I had to go through that process. So now I have a better understanding of. Um, 
of what I can do myself and what I need to delegate. And uh, I think because this is a slightly heftier budget, I, I might be able to outsource uh, to um, more seasoned professionals some of the uh, the aspects of, of the new um, documentary that I will be making. So I'm excited because I, I, I think t- to me, this will mean that possibly I, I, my work will improve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And what is your favorite part about about making a documentary? Um, the thing is, uh, you know, because they're documentaries, you can't really anticipate everything like you might have an idea of what the stories are going to be like or what uh, the theme is of what the people are going to say but um, on the day itself when you're interviewing people or you know everything is very spontaneous so uh, I like that you need to be flexible I like that things aren't you know like super stringent so um, uh, that's the part that I like and it's always a big surprise because um, I, I think with anything creative that I do whether it's physical artwork or whether it's designing something you know you go in there you go in and and attack that project with so much enthusiasm but at the end of the day um you know various elements come into play so your final product is is always a surprise even if you plan it so to speak yeah and is it like really rewarding to go through that whole process and then sit down and watch the final finished product when you're done Yes, I mean it's 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 kind of a double-edged thing too. I guess you know I do find fulfillment uh, when I see the end product, and especially if it's if it's um, addressing the purpose of why I made it in the first place. But then I also can become very critical because then <laughs> that's the time that I see that oh I should have done it this way or well that's a big mistake or I could have edited that better or whatnot. And um, but yeah, but, I mean for me as a creative, and I've been a creative for a very long time, I I am very forgiving of myself because I understand that it's part of the process and. Uh, there's no such thing as perfection when it comes to creating anything related to the art. So, um, yeah, and, and oftentimes I'm probably the only one noticing those things because I'm the only one who had a vision in the first place. So, you know, people might be seeing and saying, oh, it's great, you know, <laughs> because they don't know what the original peg was in my head. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I, I am, I'm very uh, grateful and I, I find fulfillment in, in being able to share the things that I've created, whether it's something that they can see or something that they can watch mm. or something they can read yeah. and i mean we're we're always our own toughest critics Correct. as well yes. right um okay so let's talk about the twenty thousand dollar tell a story hive grant um like i said earlier this will be your third documentary mm-hmm. what's it all about okay this is uh this is about the bayanihan spirit uh, i need to go backwards a little bit okay. that phrase bayanihan is a filipino phrase um which is actually when the filipino well it's it's actually literally lifting somebody's house. So like if somebody had to move in, like say a small town and they were living in a, uh, a, a hut, um, you know, say, oh, I have to move it literally from this location to the other location. So they schedule a date and the whole town comes together and literally lifts the house on their shoulders and lifts it to say wherever it needs to be taken. So that that's kind of like an analogy and a metaphor for, uh, coming together for a project. Now, the Bainian spirit, that's what we call the spirit that compels you to come together. Um, so I will be showcasing this Bainian spirit through um, creating a, the Filipino float for the Canada Day Parade. 
uh, actually, we're preparing for the Fil North Peace Filipino Canadian Association is is preparing for the parade for tomorrow. Uh, I'll, I will be filming a little bit of it, but um, really the documentary will be about next year's float because there's a lot of preparation work um, uh, with with uh, and training from Telus before we're able to film. Mm -hmm. uh, but nevertheless, um, you know, just uh, just this the story is that uh, NP Philcan has been creating Canada Day floats. Um, uh, oftentimes, we we get uh, for the first place um, ribbon or one I think most most often we get first place so it's very challenging for us um, and also rewarding however for me as a Filipino Canadian it's the coming together to make the float that is more significant than any kind of ribbon the float itself will get uh, because those are precious moments for me wherein people from all walks of life different professions you know, the Philippines is an archipelago, so we also come from different parts of the country, different languages, different dialects. But when it comes to preparing for the Canada Day Parade, it seems like, the, you know, the galvanizing kind of, uh, you know, um, a project that we have that people come out and do it. So I want to film all that from beginning to end, from the design process, how people are talking about, say, what theme is going to be uh, pursued that year. Uh, you know, the process of carpentry or whatnot, maybe even getting the trailer and getting all dressed up. And oftentimes we have people in, in national and uh, Philippine costumes, you know, to celebrate Canada Day. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's basically the whole the whole um, idea of, of us joining the parade is it's a lot about representation, but it's a lot about being part of Fort St. John, being part of Canada and showing up. So um, for me, that, that whole experience as as newcomers to this land, uh, of showing up for Canada is is very very significant, and I want to capture that Bainian spirit when we do it. Mm -hmm. And how does it feel to be able to share? I mean, I don't. I'm not entirely sure how large the Filipino community mm -hmm. is in Fort St. John, but you know, Fort St. John itself is a small right. small city. So how does it feel to be able to share your culture mm -hmm. with with Fort St. John, and and why is that important to you and the Filipino community here? Well, um, I think if, I think when uh, we're able to um, share our culture, uh, in a way, it's like a, a step forward to bridging whatever gaps there are. I think it also helps the newcomers because there there are quite a lot of newcomers coming to Fort St. John as students, as workers, not necessarily residents uh, immediately. Uh, but you know, it makes them feel at home and it makes them feel less foreign. Um, I think. And also for the locals, I think it's it becomes, uh, you know, like we're reaching out and, um, uh, you know, ha ha lending a hand out and, and uh, uh, trying to connect. Um, and I think so there's the representation piece and there's the connection piece. But also, like I said earlier, it's it's an opportunity for us to, to show up and be part of Team Fort St. John. And uh, I think it's an opportunity more than anything else. Um, like I mentioned earlier, in the previous um, exitus that I made, uh, um, immigration of Filipino Canadians uh, first started in Fort St. John actually in the late 60s. So there's some very, very old uh, Filipino Canadian families. They're Canadian families of Filipino descent. Uh, um, and uh, for the newcomers, you know, it, it's, it would be nice to, to see people of I guess of similar culture, and uh, you know, plying the the roads at the parade because then they'll feel like, oh, you know, I'm not the only one, or I don't feel isolated. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So it's like they can come here and and they feel welcomed. Almost. Correct. Correct. Yeah, but I'd like to. I mean, that that does that hasn't happened. Um, 
like what I'm getting at is is we make an effort to do that. I mean, North the North Peace Filipino Canadian Association, with that in mind, has been quite active. I mean, we have our art shows, we join the parades. Um, nobody's telling us to do this. We like to do it, um, and uh, so uh, on one hand, it's it's for us to see each other, get to know each other, but also it's for you know for us to to be in touch with with the rest of the city like we have partnerships with the city uh just re- just this month of filipino heritage month because june is also filipino heritage month we uh conducted philippine language classes for school-aged children and that was partnered with the city of fort st john so um yeah we we try to see avenues we're in we can connect with other people uh we're looking at next year possibly for filipino heritage month maybe have something to do with cooking Filipino dishes, this kind of thing. And and when we partner with the city, it's always open to the public. So anybody who's interested to learn about, say, Filipino food and cooking, um, or like in this year's case, language, then uh, we have those opportunities to connect. And that's what we're looking for. We'd like to connect because we want to be, we're here and, you know, we want to, we're, we're proud and happy to be here. And uh, we'd like to contribute to the growth of Fort St. John. Great. Thank you so much, Ovian. Um, and thank you so much for taking the time to join me today mm-hmm. here on the show. And uh, we look forward to seeing the float in the parade tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. Um, so that is local artist and filmmaker Ovian Castrillo Hill. Um, be sure to keep your eyes out locally for her work coming up in the future. Thanks to our guests, Jamie Blair and Ovian Castrillo Hill, for joining us today. It's getting harder to find your news through Google and Facebook, so I encourage you to spend more time at energeticcity.ca and sign up for the newsletter. They're free and delivered straight to your inbox with all the local and regional news to get you started for your day. You can also sign up for a peace politics newsletter covering the doings of local governments in the peace and sign up for our new summer events newsletter, keeping you up to date on events happening in the region and giving you ideas of how to spend your time in the great outdoors. Sign up today at energeticcity.ca slash newsletters. That's our show for today. Trey Lopashinsky and Adam Rayburn are the producers of today's show. I'm Jordan Prentice. Enjoy the long weekend and we'll see you next Friday. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.